This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Liverpool.com podcast. I'm your host Mo Stewart and I'm joined by Ben Bokshak and James Martin. And this is potentially the last chance to really take a pause for breath before the helter-skelter ends to this season where Liverpool could be gobbling up all the trophies and having all the fantastic times that we all hope will happen. But in this pause for breath, I think it's time to kind of, you know, have a little bit of fun with things. And as March turns into April, we've we've reached awards season. Very much so, we've reached awards season. Uh, and so the PFA Awards, the Big Football Awards, the PFA Awards, the Football Writers Awards, these votes have been taking place across March and the shortlist will come out in April. So that gives us a chance to do something similar. Now, the bookies will have you believe that there is no race for the PFA Player of the Year this year, Ben. It's a closed shop. Mo Salah has won it, all hands down. But as we know, as Liverpool fans, there have been many performers in our team who could, on any other year, if you take Mo Salah out of it, who probably would have been in the leading contenders. We have had so many top performers. that It's tough to just pick out one, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's... It's a tough choice. You have, you know, Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think even Alisson, uh, and maybe Fabinho as well, having a case in there for player of the season. They've all been tremendous. And then, obviously, you have a few players outside of Liverpool as well who might think they have a shot, but we're not going to discuss that. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because this is where that we have to acknowledge the fact that bookies are there to make money. So... If you look in the in the list for the PFA Player of the Year awards, in the bookie shortlist, you have the likes of Harry Kane, Cristiano Ronaldo, Bernardo Silva. Mm, okay, you can understand it. I mean, it feels a little bit uh, November, but there we are. The point <laughs> is, is that the people that they're trying to make you bet on aren't necessarily the people who are going to win. But you're right, Ben. They are none of our business. This is a Liverpool podcast, and we've got enough trouble of our own. Because what I'm going to be asking us all to do today, I'll have to let you know, is we're going to be picking our top five Liverpool performers for this season. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's not. It really isn't. If you look at the top of the goals charts, you see three Liverpool players. The assist charts, three Liverpool players. Clean sheets, Liverpool players. Most goals scored, least conceded. I mean, the list literally goes on and on and on. If you look at the Premier League Player of the Month, we've already had three different players and potentially a fourth this month as well. So there are so many different players to choose from. And yet we all have our own opinions. That's kind of why we're paid to be here. So we will be giving those opinions and we will allow you, the general public, to make your own decisions based upon how you feel about our decisions. Now, the format for this, everyone's going to get a chance to read out your top five in descending order. So fifth to first. Yes, that's descend. No, that's ascending order. Anyway, fifth to first. You'll get a chance, 30 seconds, to talk about each person to give your case as to why you believe they are included. And then once your list is complete, the others of us will have a chance to uh, rebut, as they say. Now, this is just for fun. I want to reiterate this out there now. This is just for fun. There are no winners and losers or unless you do something really stupid. But it will be fun to see how you, the public, feel about what our choices are. So we will allow you to vote 
on which you think is the best, as well as putting your top fives in the comments, as I'm sure you will. So the question is, who gets to go first? Now, seeing as the two of you are looking at me nervously and I came up with this whole thing myself, I'm going to go first. <laughs> How's that? Okay. So first up, my number fifth player, and I have to tell you all, I'm not even joking. I gave myself a bit of a sleepless night thinking about this last night because some of the people who I'm leaving out of this top five, I, I feel bad about because they've been outstanding, but they just didn't make my top five. So moving swiftly on. Number five, Fabinho. Now, I think we're all quite aware of the value of Fabinho to our team. But I think this season, it's kind of taken itself to another level, not just in his partnership with Thiago, which obviously is fantastic. But I've just seen the way that he gives us so much protection. It allows everybody else, so many of our other players to perform because of the way he works and because of what it is that he does. And he's added goals to his game this season, which is a pleasant surprise. I don't think anyone was really expecting it. But the simple fact is, is that he's, as I said, he's taken an already elite game to another level. The best in his position in the whole league. I won't hear a word of it. So, Fabinho, and he's at five. Right. Number four, uh, James won't be surprised to hear, Joel Matip. Uh, Joel, I mean, what can we say about Joel Matip that I haven't said literally every week so far? We've been doing shows. He's been a revelation. He has been able to keep himself fit and we've all seen the benefit of it. He's started to get recognition outside of Liverpool, which warms my heart as well. But his defensive work is so good. He's so underrated because you'll find every single striker who comes to play against Liverpool, they're going to try and work on Matip because no one wants to try that guy next to him. And so he has to be tested game in, game out, in the air and on the floor. And he is meeting that test and then we talk about him at the other end of the pitch, the dribbles, the passes, and now, thankfully, the goals as well. Joe Matip, what can I say? Number three. I'm picking what might be a surprise to some, because, again, he's someone who's so good, it's almost like we forget it. But Alison Becker. Alison Becker has been absolutely fantastic. And there have been so many moments in the last couple of months where he has saved us at points where we've needed saving. He has kept this run going so many times without almost... We forget about it by the end of the game because the goals that decide the game normally decide are, are talking points and they're normally the ones that get the headlines. But, I mean, I'm not just talking about the Arsenal game, which is the first one that came to my mind, but there have been quite a few games. I think about the games against Inter, particularly the home game. But... He is one of those guys who just is quietly efficient in what he does. Aside from the time where he decides to give everyone a heart attack, of course. But I kind of love him more for that. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, the top two. My number two best player of the season is Mohamed Salah. Which I already can see is caused quiet consternation. But Hear me out. Well, I don't really need to tell you about why Mo Salah's been good. We all know Mo Salah's been good. He's been superb. He has been the best player in the league, and he's carried that mantle well. 
Um, obviously, in the last couple of, well, I'd say the last month of the season, maybe starting to show a bit of coming down to maybe a 7 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10 instead of a 9 or a 10. But he is still a dangerous customer. He is still affecting every game he plays in. And I expect him to continue to, to the end of the season. And I expect him to win all these awards as well. So the fact that I've placed him at number two is really not going to lose him too much sleep. But I had to give props to the number one, the best player for Liverpool this season, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And the reason why I put Trent at number one and Mo Salah at number two is really quite simple. Trent has to do it at both ends of the pitch. And we've talked about the fact that he, the struggles that he has had to overcome at the other end of the pitch over the course of this season. And I do believe he has overcome them. I think a lot of the time we are fixating on things that don't matter ultimately to the overall picture. So, for example, the Martinelli game where Martinelli got past him on two or three occasions. Liverpool didn't concede a goal in that game. Everybody was very clear that that was the objective and the objective was met. And then when you take it to the other end of the pitch, he is doing things that not only is no one else doing, that nobody has seen before. The kind of influence he has, not just in terms of the chances created. He locks down that whole right side. Yes, it helps that he's got Mohamed Salah alongside him in that area and even Jordan Henderson. But if you look at the map for the most dangerous passes across the pitch, he is covered from the top all the way to the bottom of that right side of the pitch. And some are in the centre as well. And you just think about a Liverpool team. If we, I was telling you we were playing Man City tomorrow, which one player would you take out of the team who would make the biggest difference? It's Trent. And for that reason, he's my number one. Okay, so I'll open the floor to um, all kinds of comments slash accusations. James, I'll start with you. Does you yeah. have anything to say? Uh, well, a few things. I mean, there's one headline omission there, which um, I imagine we'll touch upon later in more detail. Well, we certainly will when I go through my list. But um, you, you've left out Virgil van Dijk. You, you mentioned, uh, of course... Joel Matip is the one who gets gets tested more because no one wants to take on Verge. Well, I mean, there's a reason no one wants to take <laughs> him on. And that's because he is back to his best, isn't it? He has been exceptional, particularly in the last month or two. I mean, maybe I need to cut up my Joel Matip fan card. I don't know, but I, I couldn't bring myself to put Matip in over Van Dijk. I, Matip has been amazing. And if it was a case of who has defied expectations the mm. most, it would be top of my list as he is top of so many of my lists in life but um <laughs> yeah it's, uh, in terms of just purely who has had the better season i think it's tricky to make the case for matip ahead of van dyke um it's, well i mean yeah. allow me to do so obviously <laughs> i did this was what gave me sleepless nights like i feel like i've apologized in private to virgil many times before <laughs> coming out doing it publicly but the reasons why, and one of them is slightly unfair, is the fact that we expect greatness from Virgil. And as bad as both injuries were, I think more people were confident that we would get the Virgil we're seeing now back than with the Matip that we were seeing. Because if we rewind to the beginning of this season, there was serious concern as to whether he would ever get back. And whether this was the point where, okay, his injuries are just going to become more and more of an issue, we have to start sidelining him. 
And he's been amazing. And I believe in the first few weeks of the season, as Virgil was getting himself back, Matip did take a, a larger amount of the load. And I give him credit for that too. Those are the only two things. But you're right. Virgil has been fantastic. He has deserved all the plaudits that I'm sure the two of you are going to give him. But yeah, I, I had to make my own choices. <laughs> uh, ben, what, what jumps out at you from my list? Um, I mean, it's not that I disagree with Fabinho's selection, but um, obviously some notable absentees. And you know, you mentioned how Liverpool have three of the top goal scorers in the Premier League and you know that among I think the top assist charts as well and uh, you know you missed out quite a few of those players on there so um, that was an interesting choice for sure um, I mean I know both Diego Schotter have been Diego Schotter and Sadio Mane have had patchy forms uh, not been perhaps as consistent but they still scored more goals mm. than some of the other candidates for for the awards so that that says a lot about Liverpool season on the whole I think yeah that's a fair shout I mean my my team is quite defensive centric if you think about it, it's got three defenders and a keeper um and this is a season where Liverpool scored more goals than anyone else so you can see say it's a bit strange but I think you are right I mean I gave consideration to both Mane and Jota. I do think that in terms of their influence on our season, they've been superb. They've been fantastic. They've more than done their job. I think Mane in particular is almost like he's clawing his way back to where he wants to be. It's almost like it's just that kind of undefeatable determination in him to just be like, I'm not going to let this be the end of my career. And so I, I think we all love Sadio because of that. It's a hard school. I can only pick five. <laughs> and to be honest, you're about to find out exactly how hard school it is, Ben, because it's your turn next. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I mean, straight off with the fifth selection, uh, mine was between Fabinho and Diego Jota because I think Fabinho has been brilliant. But I'm trying to put sort of my... PFA thinking brain thinking hat on and uh, I think Diogo Jota would get it purely just because his stats are more impressive than Fabinho's you know even though Fabinho has four goals in the Premier League Diogo Jota is up there uh, competing for the top goal scorer award I mean he's still a bit behind Mohamed Salah but he's um, in terms of the other competition he's well up there and um, I think he's been a very underrated presence in the Liverpool team. He was vital in, in January when Salah and Mane went off to AFCON. And uh, I think he's just been reliable and you can always count on him when he's playing badly to score. <laughs> the best trait to have as a striker. <laughs> yeah, and then as my fourth choice, uh, I didn't go for Matip. I went with Van Dijk just because... Uh, you know, it might be a less controversial opinion, but I just think he's been brilliant, particularly in the last few months. Uh, maybe there was a few question marks over him when he first came back, but it was obviously going to take a bit of time for him to settle after that injury. And I think now in the last few months, we've seen the best of him and he's been very dominant. And as, as a result, Liverpool's uh, clean sheet tally has kept going up and up. And 
that that's also one of the reasons why I picked Alisson as my third choice as well. Just because, I mean, I don't know where Liverpool would be without him, to be honest. Some of the saves he's made um, in the Premier League, but also outside the Premier League, he's he's kept Liverpool in the game at times, and uh, he's been he's been vital uh, again um, after last season's contribution. You know, without him, I don't think Liverpool would be in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, he's he's proved that he's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and. Um, yeah, I, I I think if goalkeepers don't tend to win the award, do they? But if there if there was um, a chance, I think he should be well up there. He's been by far and away the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. Uh, then for second place, I I went with Trent. Uh, sort of kept kept my options safe there as well. But like like you mentioned, you know Trent Trent's been brilliant. Uh, his uh, I think it's it's his best season in a Liverpool shirt. I I would go as far as saying that it's been his best campaign. Uh, he's been terrific in sort of like drifting more to that central role um, this season. We've seen him do that more often, and uh, he's improved defensively as well. And I think the stats show that as well. Um, you know, in in the summer there was loads of debates about oh yeah, well Trent can't defend. That's why he doesn't get picked for England, but. I think that debate after this season is moot. Even if someone like Martinelli maybe potentially had um, a good game against him, although Klopp would beg to differ, and he came out with a very vehement response <laughs> after the game, saying like, "If anyone still doubts his defensive qualities, just watch that game." And I, I think I'd agree with Klopp. I think, uh, although on the eye it looked like Martinelli had the better of the two, I, I think Trent ha- handled it well. And um, you know, going forward, I think there's there's nothing that needs to be said. You know, his numbers speak for themselves. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think Klopp threatened to knock anyone out who said that they would uh, question Trent's defence again. So, exactly. I'm pretty sure that debate's over. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one will get that. Maybe, maybe it'll be Will Smith number two at the PFA Awards. <laughs> he doesn't get me up. Well, let's hope not, Ali. Uh, James, uh, first. Uh, I haven't gone for my number one. Yet. Oh, sorry, of yeah. course. I almost assumed what was going to happen. Yeah. It's Takumi oh, Minamino. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's probably no surprise, but I've gone with Mohamed Salah as my number one. He's just he's just been superhuman this season. Um, I don't think he's just been the best player in the league, but he's been the best player in the world for me. And um, if he can get uh, more trophies with Liverpool, I think that will be reflected in not just the PFA awards, but also the Ballon d'Or, which he deserves to get, I think, after this year. Now, the Ballon d'Or point is interesting because that is very much going to be the next um, thing on his radar, particularly if uh, they get over the line in this World Cup qualifying, he gets to go and have a World Cup now that World Cup happens just before the vote takes place, so uh, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people looking to put a finer point on their um, portfolios for that. But you are right; he has been the best player in the world this season. I think <clears throat> there are some players who will put their hand up. I think Karen Benzema is another one, just off the top of my head. But I think it's a live debate that no one would say that he's not in that conversation for sure. Obviously, I still put him as number two. I have to acknowledge that. I still believe that 
to the to this Liverpool team, Trent's performances have been more remarkable, but we won't get into that. James, I ask again, what is your initial thoughts on Ben? I, I just need I need to give one more thought on this whole Trent thing because I sort of overlooked that when I was still so shocked by the Van Dyke exclusion in your. <laughs> I'm just going to quickly like. I mean, obviously, there's there's not really too many conflicts. He's been exceptional. He's going to be high up everyone's list. But in terms of your logic on it, I mean, a lot of what you said applies to Andy Robertson, who has so far been suspiciously absent from, from everyone's list. I mean, he contributes hugely defensively, arguably even more so than Trent. And then at the other end, he's almost matching him for assists again. It's gone under the radar because Trent, mm. probably the game has run through him a little bit more. But in terms of the actual output of, goal contributions he's really not far behind so just a word for Andy Robertson because I mean spoilers I'm not going to mention him in my <laughs> list either but in, in, like for the reasons for, that you gave in terms of this is why he's number one that really did make me feel for Andy Robertson who could make possibly a similar case on the other side yeah no, 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 that's a fair shout it is, yeah, it is. It, it's, it's a fair point I would say but you probably answered like the question like how Trent you said that the game runs through Trent so I think that's why he's probably higher up on the list because he's kind of more in control of uh, Liverpool's attacking phase mm. than whereas Robertson, who just kind of gets on in the end of assists, uh, you know, he tends to go on the overlap and cross one in. Uh, I think he's less of a creative force in that sense. And I think the statistics probably reflect that in terms of uh, creating actions for 90 and stuff like that um, mm. when it comes to Trent. Uh, and and yeah, that, that, that's that's the only reason I can think of. But it's absolutely fair. I mean, Andy yeah. Robertson has been tremendous and exceptional, and I think it's just a statement of how good Liverpool squad is in starting yeah. eleven. Is that you know we're having this debate and this discussion really? One hundred percent. I mean, Robertson on the, the the heat map for progressive passes that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Trent. Robertson also features on that in the uh, kind of inside left bylines position. But yeah, his influence isn't quite as spread or across or as, as deep ingrained. But yeah, shout out to Robbo because he has been fantastic. Um, James, I believe it's your turn. Yeah, it's it's a tough gig going last because obviously a lot of my reasoning is, is similar to what's been said before. So maybe I'll keep it a little bit briefer, but um, I'll explain my order if nothing else. Um, so yeah, in at number five, I had Allison as well. So yeah, that says it all about his season that all three of us have named a goalkeeper to the, to the shortlist. You mentioned Mo, it might be a controversial one, and it's not really panned out that way, at least between <laughs> us. Um, yeah, it, he's been exceptional. Ben touched upon how he's been good in lots of different departments, and I think that's the key to it. He's not just an elite sweeper. He's not just an elite shot stopper. He's not just elite at coming and claiming crosses. He does a bit of everything, and he does it all very, very well. Um, there was this chart I saw. I, I can't give too much detail on it, unfortunately, because it was a little while ago, but it basically was uh, combining all of those components into a kind of Venn diagram in terms of who's good at what. And it was just mm. literally, it was Alison and Neuer were the only two right there in the middle. They, they are just complete goalkeepers. Um, no one can really come close in that regard. You look at other goalkeepers who've had good seasons, and you can point to one thing normally, which is like, okay, but that's that's the flaw in their game. So De Gea is the obvious example, still an elite shot stopper, but in terms of the sweeping, in terms of other aspects of the more kind of modern goalkeeper, he's maybe falls short in that regard. But yeah, Alisson has it all. I felt harsh putting him fifth, to be honest, but this just, again, it's just a mark of the, the quality of other contenders. Which moves me on to number four, where I had Virgil van Dijk. 
I'm, I'm again so sorry, Joel Matip, but um, yeah, as I talked about when critiquing your list, Mo, it's I just felt like uh, my hands were tied. Um, like you said, it was a good point about the start of the season. I do agree the first few weeks, Matip maybe hit the ground running a little bit more than Van Dyke. There was a little bit of concern, you know, will Van Dyke get back to those best in the world levels? It was such a bad injury to get at what is not, you know, the youngest of ages, but. Once again, he's just bounced back as this ridiculous physical specimen who can just do it all. Um, particularly in the last month or two, I would say we've really seen the kind of true pre-injury Van Dyke, which has been a relief and it's come at a vital time in terms of the run-in. Um, you know, come the end of the season, what Liverpool win will be, you know, a lot down to those performances. If he'd still been taking the full season to get back to his best, which would have been you know, perfectly understandable. It was a it was a shocking injury, but um, I think Liverpool's chances of silverware would have been greatly impacted. Whereas the the return to that level has been key, um, and you know, it's it's telling that when Canate does get rotated in, it's typically for Joel Matip, the the player who has to play when he's available, mm-hmm. when Liverpool need to win these games, is Virgil Van Dijk. Um, but he's still only fourth, so that again says a lot about <laughs> players above him. Um, and yeah, I had Fabinho up in third. I think he's been exceptional. Um, it, it, I almost it was almost tempting to throw Thiago into the mix because those two have had such a good mm-hmm. pairing. Um, and you know they've only lost one game together now. Finally lost the record in that last game, but doesn't really count because it was the Inter Milan game where we won the tie. So it's like, <laughs> well, okay, we lost. What a shame. Um, well, you know, we'll cry about it in the next round of the Champions League, sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's. He's just, he makes everything work. He's, Liverpool could not play even close to the way they play without him in the side. We saw that a little bit last season when he had to be dropped into centre-back at times. It, he was very good at centre-back, which, you know, shows how versatile he is. But yeah, he he is the anchor of the side. He lets other people bomb on a bit. He's allowed Klopp to tweak that midfield a little bit this season, where a lot more goals have come from the midfield, where... Um, 19 goals from non-forwards this season compared to 13 throughout the whole of last season. So I think a lot of that is down to Fabinho, not in terms of just him scoring goals, which has been very handy, but in terms of allowing the likes of Henderson, Oxlade-Chamberlain, when they're playing to get forward a bit more. They've both doubled their tallies from last season. Um, And so, yeah, I think a lot of that is down to Fabinho and that kind of anchoring presence. And yeah, that, that unbeaten record with Thiago was quite something. It's it, you just whenever they were named together, which was annoyingly rare because of Thiago's injury problems, but you'd think, yeah, okay, this, you know, we're not gonna lose this game. And mm-hmm. it, that kind of air of invincibility comes with all of the best players. You know, you get it a bit with Van Dyke, you get it a bit with Fabinho. Um and he could even have been higher, but I think third is probably about right because of the two we've discussed so much on this show. <laughs> um, first is going to come as no surprise, but second, yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I totally see your case. I mean, he could be first. He's he he is the hardest to to sort of plug in someone else in the team for, but that's yeah. partly in terms of the squad profile. I mean, you look at the left. You might have said the same about Robertson, but then we pluck Simakas out of nowhere, and you know suddenly we have a a very adept deputy. Whereas. Um, I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold Trent Alexander had such a unique profile as a player, so I don't think there's anyone out there who could be a Simakas equivalent. So it's not purely in terms of the Liverpool squad profile, but uh, I do think that maybe influence it, influences how we view it in terms of how irreplaceable someone is. Just because he's irreplaceable within the squad doesn't necessarily mean that he's entirely without peers, although he almost is, let's be fair. But, uh, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it's um, he's had a remarkable season. Potentially, potentially consistency. I mean, you can't really argue it. Once he's once he got going, it was just never looked back, sort of thing. Um, he's been, yeah, he's been very good. The the new role has been interesting to watch. That kind of you mentioned Mo how he's been influential in the pockets of space, sort of coming in from the right as well as just purely on the on the on the bylines on the touchline. So yeah, that's that's probably why he is so far above Robertson in these conversations. Again, feel so bad for Robertson, but it is that kind of he's he is the team's chief playmaker really, which you know didn't seem possible from right back even a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's changed the game. Credit to Klopp as well, who's you know changed the game with the tactical innovation, if you like. Obviously there's shades of Guardiola in it, but it's in terms of, I mean, it's a unique role in football. There's no one who interprets it quite like Alexander Arnold, and there's no manager who gives the right back to inter- the freedom to interpret it quite like he does. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a worthy inclusion in that top two. But couldn't look couldn't look past Salah as number one. He's gone off the boil a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but that's by his own ridiculously high standards. And you know, he set out the traps so fast. He. he bought himself quite a lot of leeway in that regard he's he's still broadly on track to you know get close to his his own records which for the most part are also the league records so yeah it's 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 been a it's been a remarkable campaign and yeah much as I said with Van Dyke, any success at the end of the season you'll look back and say yep Salah was the reason that was possible I mean we wouldn't have had a title race to get back into had he not been so sensationally good in the first couple of months of the season and yeah lots of credit in the bank from that and it's not like he's it's not like he's really dropped off he's you know maybe the output's dropped a little bit but as you said even when he's not scoring he's influential Mm. and yeah probably the best player in the world this season certainly the best player in the Premier League there's no doubt that he will win this award um Ben there's not really a massive difference between James's pick and yours, to be honest. So I'm not sure you're going to have much to disagree yeah, with. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned Thiago because I think we can all agree if he had played more games, if he had been more available, he would definitely be on all of our lists. Uh, I, I hope that's not too presumptuous of me to assume that <laughs> you guys would both include him. But uh, he has been... Um, brilliant when he has played and I think he makes a huge difference to Liverpool when he is involved and for me uh, he would definitely be in with the running and who knows if if the voting maybe took place in May then uh, he might have more of a, ch- a shout, a chance of uh, being on that list as well. I mean that's a whole other conversation <laughs> when, when we're doing the voting because there are still quite a lot to be decided before the end of the season but I mean, these players, they've got holidays to book. So, you know, they can't be sitting at home voting for the season <laughs> where they've got to be on their yachts or whatever. But we are doing our votes now, and that is what we have done. So let's do a quick recap before we end and then open the floor to our public vote. So my list was as follows. Fabinho at five, Matip at four, Alisson at three, Salah at two, and Trent at one. Now, Ben, your list was Jota at five, Van Dijk at four, Allison at three, Trent at two, and Salah at one. Yeah. And for James, you had Allison at five, Van Dijk at four, Fabinho at three, Trent at two, and Salah at one. Yeah. 
Now, I feel like in the public vote, you two might split it. So I might end up winning this thing. <laughs> I'm actually quite pleased about. But I'm also quite pleased that I managed to remember all of those names in the order that they came in. So kudos to me, even if I don't win. <laughs> I think something we can all agree on, though, is that we've got a very exciting team full of very, very, very good footballers. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the young player of the year, Ibrahim Akanate. The signing of the season, which might also be Kanate, could also be Luis Diaz. But it's been fun to think about how many of our players have been performing at their very best this season, particularly when you consider what still might be to come. But we've reached the end of our time, guys. We've had fun. We'll have to wait and see next week what you all made of it. But I hope you enjoyed the discussion at least. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.